Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. And our guest today is John Shearman. He is Vice President of Marketing and Cannabis Business Lead for Applied DNA Sciences. We're going to talk to him a little bit about how sort of the technology and really understanding some of the work that they're doing in being able to track and label and tag different things. We're going to get into the science of it, but it's a really interesting kind of technology and you know science that they've developed has some really interesting applications in the cannabis space. John's been working in the cannabis space for a while now, and so we're going to talk to him a little bit about his insights as he's gotten involved in cannabis, what he's noticed, where he thinks it's going, what are some of the big opportunities, and also what are some of the big issues. Um, you know, Hopefully we get some interesting insights from, from someone coming at it from the science point of view. So with that, John, welcome to the program. Hello, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you on. So let's do a little bit of background first. Let's learn sure. about you and kind of your professional background and how you got involved with Applied DNA. And then we'll talk a little bit about the cannabis space, how and why you targeted cannabis, how you've approached it. And then we can kind of get into some of the things you're doing in cannabis and and what you're learning about the space. So tell us a little backstory first. Yeah, sounds great. 
So I have over 25 years of sales and marketing experience in the B2B space. Spent a lot of that on the client side and working for Fortune 100, 500 startups, midsize companies, and then also worked in the advertising industry for 10 years, which was great and uh, fantastic there. And then how I got into applied DNA sciences was over six years ago. I was helping them actually as a consultant at the time, and then I came on full-time, found the technology to be fascinating, and uh, that led me into uh, working with them full-time and heading up the marketing for the company. So I'll give you a little bit background of the company. That, that yeah, look, tell us about applied DNA, and then, and then yeah. we can kind of talk about the cannabis side. Yeah, absolutely. So applied has a very unique technology using molecular technology and using synthetic DNA as a unique identifier. And we started out actually using it for the tagging of microcircuits in for the Department of Defense. And unfortunately, there was some problems with microcircuits of counterfeits getting into the supply chain. And they were looking for different technologies to help them with that. And uh, we went through a very strenuous testing process with them and then was able to uh, prove it out that it would work on microcircuits. And that's how we got into that aspect of the business. And then that led us into textiles and using the same technology to tag different fibers. And one of the big ones was cotton. And you might say, why, John? <laughs> and what was happening, there was all this blending going on with cotton, especially in the bed linens and bed sheets and stuff of that nature. And we were able to use the technology to be applied at the actual gin itself, Bruce, which is fascinating, right? So I know more about cotton than I ever thought I would. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've been to gins in the Central Valley of California sure. and Arkansas and, and Texas. And uh, we actually built a purpose-built machine that's Internet of Things and ties back all the data into big ERP systems. And what we actually do is as the cotton goes through the ginning process, right before it gets put into a bale, we actually spray it and we spray it with a molecular tag. And that gets on every fiber of this 500-pound bale of cotton that Uh then goes around the world to be made into bedsheets. So from the Central Valley of California, we tag it there. We validate that it was tagged. It gets sent to China to be made into yarn. We validate it again at that point in the, the, the supply chain. And then from there, it goes sent over to India to be made into bed sheets. Again, validation point. Then it comes back and lands on the retail shelves of companies like Costco and Bed Bath and Beyond. And that helps alleviate the problem of other cotton species being applied to the Pima cotton sheets at that point, because that was the claim being made. It was 100% Pima cotton. And at the time, it wasn't. Interesting. Well, so, and, and I'm curious, so tell us or give us a little more insight on this technology, because I, I conceptually, I get the idea is that you're you're using kind of a, literally a microscopic tag Correct. Uh, to be able to basically place this on things and then you can verify that the tag is there at different points. But this is a strand of DNA. How does how does it actually get applied? Yeah, it's synthetically derived. Okay. So we make a unique identifier to this strand. We call them signature cheese signatures. And that signature is unique. There's not another one made in the world like that. So that's how we start. And then we have proprietary what they call probes and to be able to actually read it. So 
But so this is so for for the Pima Cotton, you create a tag for that particular application for that for that actual farm, actually. So we know the we know the origin point of where it came from. And how many unique identifiers can you create? They're unlimited, unlimited. There's unlimited. So you could really get it down to not not to get too cannabis too yeah, specifically, sure. but it was you know this room of the grow. You could tag all the plants in that room, and so later you could know that this flower that's on the shelf came from you know this facility at this row room of this facility. Yeah, and we would probably keep it at the facility level for that brand. That's how we usually do Got it. it. All okay. right, so we wouldn't get it down to the batch level, but it would be that brand, that facility that would be applied. But does this, I mean, like you talked to Mike, the microcircuit side, is this get, how, how does it apply to the microcircuit? I guess, is it a surface tagging or is this actually get into the actual cellular part of these products? No, so we actually do it with different formulations for different mm-hmm. substrates. So for the microcircuit, we actually put it into a, a an ink, and that ink was cured, okay, UV cured, and then that would get applied to the microcircuit. And there was also a phosphorus used to be able to shine on it as well. So uh-huh. you could use a UV light as a, a quick optical read, and embedded in that was also the molecular tag. On the so, ink, got on, it. Okay. On the ink. And then, then you, would, you would take it and take a sample of it, and it goes into what we call call a PCR device, mm-hmm. polymerase chain reaction. Think of a PCR device as a molecular copying machine because okay. what it does, it heats and cools the molecular fragment that you pick up. And we'll use the microcircuit as an example here. Mm-hmm. That would go into a little test tube, goes into this device, and then within anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour, depending on what substrate we're taking it from, that would then have a readout. And that readout then marries back to the database that has the signatures that say, hey, this matches up, that belongs to that microcircuit, to that manufacturer. And is that a destructive process? Like is reading... I mean, reading just no, not on that, not on that scenario. There, all right. Some of them may be, but for the most part, we try to come up so it's not destructive of the material that is taken off of. Yeah, so you could read as many times Correct. as you need to along the process and not interfere with the. Correct, and also, Bruce, I'll, I'll add that you can yeah. also use the the same technology and apply it to packaging, so it can go into the inks and the varnishes and coating. So now you think of counterfeits that are going on, a diversion yeah. in the marketplace in any of the verticals. We know that's happening in cannabis today, right? So that can also be another additive. So if you think of a pyramid of security levels, how much security you want to add into to help protect your brand? And you can use our technology to be overlay different technologies. And we always like to complement other technologies that are out there in the marketplace, such as blockchain and any ERPs we can tie into. We have APIs that tie in our data into different backend platforms into any of the seed-to-sales systems like Biotrack or Kerner and stuff of that nature. So we, I look at the cannabis industry as an ecosystem of technologies that are coming together. And you and I spoke about this in the past, yeah. that we need that to help, you know, once the regulations get sorted out and where that the directions that may go, it's going to take an ecosystem of technology. And I like the where the cannabis industry is maturing over time because they can bring the best of the best of the technologies. Not a lot of legacy systems as we see in other industries, right? Yeah. That you try to tie into these, you know, these hundred year old, you know, systems that are out there. You know, if it's just manual systems and the technology has been around for 20 years in some of these systems, it's hard to tie into those at, at some point. So um, Interesting. I, I see, I see and having discussions with different folks within the industries and especially on, the, on some of the technology providers 
marketers out there, I do see that that's going to be a big advantage for the cannabis industry as it becomes more mainstream over time. Yeah, yeah. So just kind of in general, not necessarily cannabis specific, if walk us through kind of the pros and cons of kind of this kind of tagging tracking system relative to kind of other options that are out there in the industry to pick basically, you know, tag and track items that are going through a complicated supply and manufacturing chain. Sure. You know, why, why is this, like, what are the applications of this? What, where does this work? Where does this not work? What are the, you know, what's the complexity or cost considerations when you look at, you know, all the things you could be doing or all the ways you could be, you know, managing this data? Yeah, specifically in the cannabis industry, I see it as a complementary technology. We know a lot of the seed to sale systems are very good inventory management systems, moving plants around the facility. But once you harvest, you know, you lose some of that traceability now. Now, especially if you take those now, you make into oils and tinctures and edibles or whatnot. By applying the actual molecular tag, let's I'll, I'll walk you through it. So if we were doing it on the actual plant itself, it could be cannabis or hemp. Uh, we have a fogging technology that we built a, pur- built a purpose-built machine that allows you to fog an entire room. So take a dry room, for instance. Uh-huh. You can have dual purpose. It could be drying, but also bring in a machine tag, all the, all the flour that's actually in that dry room at that point. Every bit of that would get tagged, just like I was talking about the cotton earlier, right? If you fog a room mm-hmm. and then that gets you know, processed, you get 100% coverage even down to post, No, like how, how small of a particle, <laughs> you know, does it get down to? Right. So the way it works, we did studies to see how far it could go through different yeah. ex- extraction processes. And we found out that it does, it does degrade away. So what, what happens there is that we're saying fog it at the, at the cultivator. And then from that cultivator, it would go, so they would do an external, an outgoing um, inspection on that, okay, to make sure it was tagged properly. So they would be having one of those portable PCR machines. We would put that into their quality control center, uh-huh. okay, and then they would test and say, okay, everything leaving our facility has been tagged properly. Now I'm a processor. I receive that flower into my facility. I would do incoming on a, and have a PCR machine there. Testing, so I know if I'm getting it from four different cultivators, I have A, B, C, and D, I have a different tag on it, I can read that coming in. It would say I have a tag product coming in, so I know it's good source material. I would take that. Now I make it a, a uh, oil or an isolate, and then I would take and then through another method, we would use a little vial of a solution that would have their specific signature in there. They mm-hmm. would dump that, dump that into a vat of oil, mix it in based on SOPs we would supply to them. They mix it into that vat, and then they would take samplings of that using the PCR. Device. All of that now is being what we have a called a certainty portal. Okay. And I'll come back to the certainty platform in a minute. The certainty portal, all the data that's captured from when the actual molecular tag leaves our facility here in Stony Brook, Long Island, to it gets to the facility at the cultivator or the processor, all of that being tracked through this certainty portal. Okay. So now you have all this rich data of chain of custody all the way through. Now I'm the processor. I apply that to my own product now. So that all links back to the farmer, to the processor. Now, if I'm white labeling that, I can use that. And if I put it into the right proportions of whatever that I'm making for the customer of mine, that tag would persist through that process. Now that retail, they could also use that to be able to validate that it was processed and nothing got adulterated along the way. 
Okay, then you could do the, the same thing if I was just selling it as bulk product to someone and then somebody was taking that and making it their own product. Same thing, they're using the right proportions at that point. And if that person wanted or that company wanted to add their own tag to that, they could do it after as well. Yeah, it's interesting. So you could actually, you could create multiple tags. You could say, this was the, the cultivation tag, here's the processing tag, here's correct. the testing tag. That's correct, right. Now, the certainty platform is... And we call it Certainty with a capital T. It's a brand of ours. And that's what we call the entire platform. And the, the capital T stands for tagging. We just talked a lot about the tagging. The second T is for testing, which I just described using the PCR device. And the third T is the tracking of everything back into the Certainty portal. And like I said earlier, we have an API that can tie all the data that we're collecting in that portal and push that back out to see the sale companies, the other ERP companies, to any other kind of provider that's looking for that information. It could be blockchain. And we're talking to a lot of those type of companies right now to do integration points. Yeah, it seems like you've got a great identification data collection thing that then if you can you know, port that back into these uh, management systems. Right. And then, Bruce, if you speed forward, right, you kind of say, where is this heading? So if we're all capturing these data through the different seed of sales systems, ERP, blockchains, our systems, wouldn't it be wonderful one day to look at a dashboard of a heat map and say, here's all the certified, all the cannabis out here that we know are coming from legit sources? That would be pretty powerful. And I think that's very valuable, especially for people that are getting involved with cannabis or using hemp to for supplements or whatever it may be to, to help them with pain management and stuff of that nature. They're mm-hmm. confused of where to go for this, right? We all know that, right? We all read the articles and people would love to have a legit source to be able to point to to say, hey, I understand that entire supply chain. I, I see where these people are getting their original source product from and I feel safe taken at. So you can almost look like it as a good housekeeping seal for the cannabis thing. And um, that's kind of how I see the vision of this rolling out is bringing all these systems together, bringing all the different parties together. And then you're going to have the big the big companies getting involved over time. Some of the CPG companies will be coming into the marketplace. Yeah. And, and they're going to be looking for CGMP type of uh, facilities. And that's why we create all our stuff on the CGMP, very strict guidelines, because we supply into the pharmaceutical pharmaceutical industry, we supply into the nutraceutical industries. And um, and just just a, a sidebar, that, so half our business is what we're describing right now, which is the tagging of, of materials out in supply chains. Another part of our business, Bruce, is doing diagnostics and vaccines using the same base technology of this PCR, okay. okay? And that is to help with rare blood cancers and stuff of that nature. And then once COVID just hit, we pivoted the company for that aspect of it. And we came out with our own COVID testing right now. We're working on some COVID vaccines. So two different parts of the business, but the central technology supports both of those. Yeah, interesting. And from a cost point of view, I mean, is this uh, inexpensive, expensive in terms of what it adds to the production cost to be able to do the tagging or what are the cost considerations when it comes to implementing something like this? Yeah, no, it's very, um, very affordable. And we do it by the volume that we are actually tagging. And depending on the volume, it could go from anywhere from five cents a gram to, you know, three cents a gram of what we're applying it onto the the oil. And uh, that's on oils and isolates. And then the flour, we know the flour 
flower price keeps fluctuating <laughs> in the marketplace. So it's a little tougher on the flower, to be honest. And yeah. uh, but it's very affordable. I mean, it fits within the. So your your pricing model is is based on a volume of what, what people are actually tagging and the value of that tagging, as opposed to a cost side. Yeah. Exactly, because we see it as a value add to brand protection, IP protection. It's not just about, you know, it's about protecting your company. If there's any legalities that happen and somebody's suing you because they say your product you know, hurt them in some fashion or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you're tagging everything, you can see first, let's make sure it's even it's my product. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm applying this molecular tag to 100 percent of my product going out the back door, then if I test it or I don't show the tag out there, then that's validation that it's not my product. Product. Yeah, yeah, you can. It actually is a kind of risk management, risk mitigation strategy. Right, and this will hold up in a court of law. So we and had our, cases. Yeah, no, we had, not in this industry, but yeah. on a security or a security vertical, we use this to actually, uh, of all things, this is a crazy application, but is to put it into die packs that go into ATM machines or um, uh, these cases that carry money over in Europe. And so there's a lot of robberies of these ATMs and these bank cases that carry the money. And if somebody steals it and opens it up, Bruce, the actual die pack explodes and goes all over the money. So it stains it. But as it stains it, we have a unique identifier in every one of those die packs. So we tie it back to the actual bank where it came from. So all those thieves out there that are listening to the podcast, <laughs> for warned. So you can see the range of applications the platform allows you to uh, to support. Yeah, and and we have a, a wonderful staff of uh, PhD scientists here that work on the different formulations to make sure we have an IP portfolio, Bruce, that allows sure. us to. How do we apply things to certain surfaces? But a good part of that portfolio is how do we extract it back out? And to your point earlier, we don't want to harm the merchandise that we're pulling it back out. So we spend a lot of time on on building IP around those two areas. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So I'm curious strategically, like as you have this, you know, interesting technology with lots of different applications, mm-hmm. when did cannabis come up for you? How did it come up? What what was the considerations for getting into the cannabis market? Yeah, so two years ago, it was actually in late 2017, a uh, a company reached out to us and said, hey, all that great stuff you're doing in those other verticals, do you think you could do it from the cannabis industry? And we yeah. said, absolutely. So we ended in into an agreement with that company at the time and went through and did all the testing that we we're looking, can it survive different processing steps, butane, ethanol, all those type of things. And so we did that. And then 2018, we went to the big expo in Vegas, right? And uh, kind of rolled it out and got some really good receptivity of it. People were blown away that this type of technology could exist. I Granted, it was a little early at that point where people are saying, no, this is really cool, but I'm still trying to just get my basic <laughs> operations up and exactly. running. You, know? yeah. you kind of have a Ferrari and I'm getting around in a Ford pretty well right now. And so so over the time, so the last two years, I have seen, and so let me take it. So February, we were at the CBD show in Vegas and we had a couple of companies come over and said, I need this like yesterday. So I'm building a new facility. I want to be able to protect it. I'm lining up to do exports with some of my hemp product. I want to be able to show it's coming from you know a certain area in, in the United States, and it might be going into another country. So that's one of the big areas, the trends that you were talking about earlier we're seeing is people are getting set for an international market, and they, they want technologies like this to be able to prove origin of where it's coming from and then be able to check it all the way through the different nodes within the supply chain. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned that it was kind of early at the time. I mean, where is the industry now? Where are you seeing kind of real applications at this point? 
Is it? Are you still early? <laughs> are you? Are you? No, I, I think I think we're at the right time where people are considering this type of technologies to augment some of the other things they have already installed. We are seeing it with other integrators. We're seeing it with the processors, especially yeah. that they wanted to be able to protect their products and you know doing white labeling. And also using it as a differentiator. And that's been a big part also. You know, the market's yeah. getting a little crowded out there. Uh-huh. But we do see, and then, and especially some of the larger larger folks uh, that are out there already uh-huh. established, they're looking to go to the next level. And uh, they're interested in technologies like this. So, yeah. uh, And like I said, it's, it's not this versus other. I see it as a complementary. And I do see that there needs to be an ecosystem of technologies pulled together to be able to take the cannabis industry and hemp industry to that next level. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're seeing it right now. So we're excited of the opportunities and, and the discussions that are going on right now. Yeah, sure. And everything did get slowed down with COVID. We all yeah. know, right? And with COVID, now, you, you know, it's limited how, how many facilities you can go to or get on a plane. I know you're starting to travel now a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so we actually t- took everything we would do when we went personally to a lab to show them and do pilots. We put that all into a what I call remote pilot in a box. Yeah. So everything that's needed for us to be able to do a pilot and show somebody that would work with their in their environment, we can literally pack in a box, send that to them. We give them a loaner machine, which is that PCR machine for a couple of days, and then we'll do all the technical support over Zoom calls. We got very creative of how do we not wait for another six months to a year before we can go into a facility. So we're ready to rock and roll. We're speaking to some people right now about the what we call RPPs, remote pilot programs, and be able to do some of those over the next several months here. Yeah. I'm curious, as you got involved in cannabis, I was interested in people's kind of experiences going from kind of other industries coming into cannabis, particularly particularly industries that are reasonably kind of scientific and there's a lot of structure and a lot of rigor. <laughs> as, as you got into cannabis, what was your, or any surprises in terms of either how the business works, the, you know, the industry, how companies are set up? What did you notice and what was hard and what was easy for you in terms of, um, you know, actually engaging with some of the, the folks in the cannabis space? Yeah, so a few things. So when we first started out, there was a lot of discussion internally if we wanted to be in this business, to be honest, Bruce, right? We're a publicly traded company. And uh, so, you know, we had some deep discussions internally and we found out that, you know, we do belong in this industry. So that was one thing we had to work through is internally, do we want to be in? So we got through that. And then I was, I come, like I said earlier, my, my background is technology and working with, you know, big Fortune 100, 500 companies, startups. So I wasn't sure how to expect. I was totally blown away when we went to the show in Vegas, right? And yeah. to see the level of PhDs and scientists and the people that have been in the industry for 30 years and I was, you know, the mix of people. What I loved about it was the the uh, the community that has been brought together, right? And similar, when I was telling you, when I joined the advertising industry, Bruce, back in the day, in 1994, this little thing called the World Wide Web was just starting out, right? <laughs> yeah. And there was a community around that, right? If you recall. And I see the same analogous to this marketplace as well. People want to help each other out. They are trying to develop this. So I was just surprised on the sophistication that was there, the technology that was being brought on, the scientists that was involved, and and the level of, you know, and where it was maturing in that stage. So those are some of the things that I, I was surprised about. And, and I've seen over the last two to three years the maturity of this. 
And I think that the, the, the discussions we're having with companies right now are about the business. Where is it going? You know, and making sure we te- keep the integrity of the quality of the product uh, that people are expecting, um, the experience that a person would go through. I went out to, you know, Planet 19 out in Vegas, right? That was, you know, I, I walked into that facility. It was unbelievable, right? We yeah. all know it's like Apple-esque. And, yeah, exactly. And, and then you had the, the bud tenders were wonderful people. We spent a half hour with this one, one young lady and just knowledgeable. And it was a great experience. But all walks of life. There was tourists there. There was people from the show there. There was just local people. It, it was a great experience. And, um, you know, and hopefully people will understand that over time, especially people that are involved. And personally, my wife has gone, you know, had had neck surgery and had all this tremendous pain and pain management and you know our pain management doctor wanted to put her on heavy heavy stuff she said i'm not going there i'm not doing it and uh then then we ended up going to a a doctor and and he prescribed medical cannabis here on long island and she got trying different things she tried oils and vapes and all different she's now got her regimen now and it helps with her pain management so i saw it firsthand that it helps and and it would help me being in the industry that get confidence. Yeah. But I see it through my you know my my uh, friend groups and stuff. They're a little older, and uh, you know they'll they, <laughs> with with age comes a little pain. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. And they're asking me, so John, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what should I take? How is it? You know, and this is, kind of goes back to the early discussion, Bruce. We're having is is there a place for people to go and feel safe that they're buying the right stuff? So it's going to take time, but the industry is <laughs> going to get there. You know, this is a passionate industry. Industry, the advocates in this industry are doing the right things, working with um, working with all uh, you know all, uh, down in, in D.C. with the legislators and stuff. And you know, since we're in New York, I've been going up to Albany and educating yeah. our technologies with the assembly folks and the senators. And there've been great conversations and you know how how it could be used in, in the New York markets and and the tri-state area here and. Uh, there's a lot of enthusiasm for you know the whole market, and uh, we'll see how it goes over time. Yeah, I'm curious as you look at kind of the the regulatory situation, mm-hmm. the, the you know both at the state and the federal level. Anything that you are particularly kind of watching that you feel is really going to impact the application of technologies like yours in terms of you know either requirements or how things are set up or you know standards, things like that. I mean, what would really kind of move the needle for you as a business uh, in terms of how you know either the regulatory systems are set up. Or the legalization process uh, rolls out. I think it helps facilitate that. So whatever that they become, you know, it changes. The, you know, we're all watching it with, an, with a close eye here. Where, which way is it going to go? I think be, it will help that along because we could bring the rigor through the technology platforms to be able to prove to the state level, local levels, the federal level, it can be controlled. There's more control put on this than some of the other drugs that are out in the marketplace, right? It's mm-hmm. crazy. So, and and the industry is already stepping up to that challenge. And and hopefully we will get to a point where they can reduce the taxes and the overhead so people can then focus on the business part of it and adopt the different technologies that will allow us to be able to report whatever is needed to back to the federal government or the and then you know the fintech is coming along all that's going to all that's going to mash together and i think the technology platforms are going to help us a great deal on um, being able to raise up and meet the demands that is going to be put on the industry but hopefully some of it gets loosened up a little bit too right as things get deregulated and and go in the other direction so yeah, yeah. you know 
Perfect. John, this has been a pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, about the technology and the work that you're doing, what's the best way to get that information? Sure, Bruce. My, my email address is john, J-O-H-N dot S-H-E-A-R-M-A-N at adnas.com. That's A-D-N-A-S dot com. And then our website is www.adnas.com. And when you go there, we have a industry section of the site. You can go there, hit the cannabis tab underneath the industry section, and you could uh, learn more about what we're doing in cannabis and all the other verticals that uh, Bruce and I spoke about. Yeah, excellent. This has been a pleasure. I'll make sure that the links are in the show notes and the email and stuff so people can click through and get that. John, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Bruce. Be well. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets, and access other great content, visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.